The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. And we are actually loaded for bear here because there's a lot to talk about this week, but we have two doctors. Yeah, well, we have, we're loaded for Bolton. We're loaded for, <laughs> loaded for Bolton. Here's, here's what we got on uh, Heart Health Radio. You're, you're hearing from Dr. Uh, uh, Franklin Weefald, the regular host of the show. We're going to talk with Dr. Brian Bolton, who's a wake med heart and vascular surgeon. Cardiac surgeon. Cardiac surgeon. Extraordinaire. Extraordinaire extraordinaire and taking your phone calls at 919-860-9783 nobody diagnoses on the radio but you can get advice advice that you bring to your doctor information excellent and entertainment i hope so 919-860-9783 dr bolton welcome to the radio program how are you today I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm really oh, we, we're really glad to have you, Brian. And just let people know, Brian and I have worked together. Gosh, what seven years? Yeah. And uh, yeah, seven, eight years now. Yeah, and we've had uh, great interactions, great patients together. I wanted Brian to be on the phone um, because Wake Med Heart and Vascular has done a a great job on my patients, and they've developed a sort of a new program where they've integrated uh, cardiac surgery. And cardiology. And the main reason, uh, wouldn't you say, Brian, is the um, valve stuff you're doing now. Is that right? That, that is the main driver, yes. Uh, you know, it's a very exciting season of uh, for the field of cardiac care uh, where there's been a great inter- integration between the two disciplines of cardiology and cardiac surgery uh, surrounding the management of, of structural heart disease from a broad perspective, but specifically with yeah, you're, you're basically a cardiologist now, right? And when they when they're doing these aortic valve replacements that are not uh, open heart surgery, but you know through uh, big vessels now with stents, uh, heart valves. I mean, you're actually doing that procedure yourself. You're just not not just standing by in case something happens. Uh, absolutely, you know it's a it's a great partnership with uh, the cardiologist where. Both of us are doing every aspect of the procedure, and so it's a, it's a joint effort where both there's a, a interventional cardiologist and cardiac surgeon standing side by side as equal partners doing this procedure together. Doctor so yes, Bolden, uh, I any, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I, I've got a question because I'm a, I, I'm actually a, a cardiac patient. I you know I've I've had a couple of stents put in. Uh, and, you know, there's talk down the line of uh, doing more work, and I am so afraid of being caught, cut open. I'm just so sure. afraid. Did you just mention that you're doing some valve work without cutting the sternum, without cutting Absolutely. a person open? Absolutely. How That's the that- big thing. Describe describe that to the, to the listeners, because uh, we've talked about it before. But we've never had anybody on the air who actually does the procedure. So let us sure. know. Yeah, give, give us an idea of what it takes and, and how you do it in layman's terms and so people understand. 
Well, the procedure that we're referring to is called the, the TAVR procedure, and it's an acronym for Transcatheter Aortic Valve Replacement, T-A-V-R, so the TAVR procedure. Uh, 85% of those are done through a, a small little poke hole in the groin going through the, the vessel that people can feel beating in their groin, just below their groin cleats, and going in with catheters and wires and through a delivery device that's about the size of a, of a Bic pen, uh, that valve is loaded on that delivery device and is able to be deployed and replace your aortic valve all through a little tiny poke hole that size. So the procedure is done without a general anesthetic. Uh, patients are just given a light sedation that's monitored by an anesthesiologist that's in the room. It's, it's pretty equivalent to the, the amount of sedation uh, that you would receive during other procedures. It's actually less sedation than you would get during a colonoscopy. Uh, your your groin is numbed up, so you don't feel it uh, entering in. And most patients, uh, over 50% of the patients, are able to go home the next day. Uh, so it's just a remarkable evolution in the management of care of valvular disease, where it used to be opening up your breastbone and being in the ICU for a couple of days and in the hospital for a week and, you know, two months of recovery. You know, now people will even say that the first time they get up and walk in the halls after after the procedure, they can already tell that they're less short of breath. They can already tell the improvement, and, it's, and there's almost no downtime. You know, most people are back to work at the end of the week, driving by the end of the week if they haven't done the beginning of the week. It's, it's a remarkable difference in evolution in the care of heart disease. Um, it, it used to be, you know, I, when this got started, you had to be really sick and not be able to have open-heart surgery to get the procedure. But since it's been so successful with very few side, you know, very few bad outcomes, it's opened up now. You don't have to be that sick and old to get it. Is that right? Correct. Correct, yes. The most recent trials were done on patients that were determined uh, to be a low-risk candidate for surgery. Uh, the average patient was uh, in their early 70s and really didn't have a lot of other medical problems. They just had issues with their heart valve. And uh, in those in those patients, they saw a, a strong trend towards uh, uh, superior outcomes with the transcatheter procedure versus standard surgery. It's fantastic. Now, I can remember when I was doing heart catheterizations, crossing the valve was a big deal. Because you have, mm -hmm. I mean, think about this. You have a little teeny weeny hole. Yeah. And you're looking at an x-ray image, a shadow of what this thing looks like. You can't even see it open. And then I had to take that wire, and it was a special wire that was kind of floppy on the end. And I had to thread it by looking at a shadow of it through this tiny hole. And it's pretty amazing. How long, I mean, it used to take me sometimes a long time. How long does that take, and how long does the procedure take uh, in general, Brian? Um, so, you know, you're, you're referring to kind of the, one of the most technically challenging portions of the operation. Uh, but, uh, you know, just, just like uh, Dr. Weefald, you know, you would attest that when you start doing something on a regular basis, uh, it becomes a little bit more routine. You know, yeah. The first time you did that, it probably took you a lot longer than the most recent time that you did that. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the case for this team. It's a highly specialized team of people. Uh, you know, we have four on our team and, and, uh, at Wake Med and, and, you know, with that technical expertise, uh, it's something that, you know, routinely that crossing of the valve usually takes less than two minutes. Uh, that's pretty and, good. Uh, the overall procedure on average takes, uh, between, uh, uh, 60 and 75 minutes. Um, so an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, and, you know, our, our, uh, 
been, you know, 45, you know, 40 to 45 minutes um, start to finish. Uh, so it's, it's a very, it can be a very expedited uh, pr- procedure. We're talking to Dr. Brian Bolton, the Wake Med heart and vascular surgeon and cardiac surgeon and all around good guy. I got a question. Is there anybody working on this for a bypass? Because that's my next fun well, it, in the cardiac was, yeah, area. There was a big move to do keyhole bypass surgery. They keyhole. make a little keyhole in the chest. And I can remember 20 years ago, they came out with all these instruments to do it. Yeah. Brian, are you still doing that? Um, yes. Of course, we're still doing traditional surgery and traditional operations. Uh, and, uh, you know, just highlighting some of the evolution there, you know, in our practice at, at Wake Med, amongst the surgeons, we do offer a lot of, tradi- of uh, minimally invasive surgery, where if, if you're not a candidate for some of these transcatheter procedures, uh, you know, uh, my partners are able, are able to do these procedures, traditional open-heart surgery procedures uh, through, you know, these, uh, what we'd call a minimally invasive or keyhole incision, where you can even have multi-valve surgery done without opening up the breastbone. And we're starting to venture into doing bypass surgery that way as well. Uh, that comes through the aid of the surgical robot. Yeah. Uh, many people have heard of the Da Vinci system or the, the ro- uh, robotic this, robotic that. You know, 95% of all prostatectomies in America are done robotically now. Um, and basically, that's just a it's a it's a highly specialized surgical instrument that's in complete control of the of under and under uh, in the hands of a skilled surgeon. It's not automated, um, but it, it enables us to um, have access inside cavities and have degrees of freedom that used to never be able to uh, be accomplished through traditional approaches. You know, one of the things when I was a resident or actually medical student, the number one thing people wanted to be was a cardiac surgeon and have then the last time i looked they had empty spaces in the residency programs is is that still happening or is are the new techniques the taver and the mitra clip where you clip the mitral valve is that getting people excited again about cardiac surgery i think so i think that there's a a reemergence uh with some interest in cardiac surgery uh you know it is also kind of counterbalanced by uh some of the the values within our society that we see where people don't, you know, I trained for a decade. I trained for 10 years after medical school to do what I do. And, and uh, a lot of people say, you know, I just, I want to have, be able to have fun a little sooner in life, be done with my training and and do a shorter training program. You know what the number one part? Yeah. That is, yeah. So that is, you know, I'd say a cultural value that we see uh, that, that has kind of decreased. Uh, some some interest or some entrance, but not necessarily interest uh, in the field. Now, you know what the number one and the hardest thing to get into now, residency wise. You know what it is. Uh, uh, what? I'm gonna make you guess. What do you think the hardest thing to get into, and the number one uh, sought after residency? Dermatology. Program? Dermatology. No. When I was a resident, when I was a medical student, nobody wanted to go into dermatology. Now it's eight no. to four. And it's it's all outpatient. Have oh, you ever? Yeah. Can you get a dermatologist to do an inpatient consult, Brian? I never could. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, listen. Let me ask another thing. I mean, it's people don't realize that the traditional bypass surgery was really hard. I mean, technically, sure. I mean, these tiny little vessels, and they had to wear these magnifying glasses, kind of look like my mother's glasses from China, the Coke <laughs> bottle, and. I mean, yeah. and you had to use these, what, 10-O proline sutures, and the, the higher no, the number. not 10-O, solely. Well, look, 
Trio is big. Three o one o is like a rope. Right. And Brian, do you miss doing that? I mean, you developed all these skills. Do you miss doing? I mean, you still do it, but do you yeah, miss no, we doing do that? that? I mean, that's still the most common operation done for by heart surgeons. You know, there's over a thousand traditional bypass surgeries done every year in America. I mean, sorry, every day in America. Wow. And so that's still very common. You know, it's still very routinely done at all major uh, cardiac surgical centers. But um, you're not doing so, as much as you used to do traditional, are you? No, the the you know that uh, with the medical management of, of coronary disease and and uh, you know uh, with uh, all this focus on primary prevention and lifestyle modification and diet modification, you know, we are seeing an impact in the incidence of coronary disease, but. Unfortunately, it's never going to go away. Yeah. Uh, we're just getting better at, at slowing down um, the disease process. Real quick, um, you know, you guys had to sort of cut back for the COVID thing. I'm seeing people in my office that are coming after delaying going to the doctor pretty sick. Are, is that your experience now, too? Are you seeing some people who held off and are sicker than they should have been? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's it's a real tragedy with some of the secondary health impacts of this COVID season. And, you know, I think our our medical center uh, and the other doctors at, at uh, Wake Med, uh, and the Wake, uh, just as a, a total center as well as with, amongst the cardiac team, you know, we've certainly seen that. And, you know, I think a, an excellent example is a, a young gentleman that I saw, a 45-year-old gentleman, had been laid off as his job at a mechanic at the very beginning of COVID season, had a heart attack at home, was afraid to come in, uh, didn't fully know what was going on, of course, because he's not a medical professional, uh, but was had, you know, didn't have the, the insurance to cover for the basic consultation, so didn't come in and just got sicker and sicker. And finally, uh, sadly, he, you know, had, had, he got so weak, he, he, felt he was trying to leave his house, and he fell out the door and landed on the ground and laid there for several hours before he could get up and call 911. So, yeah. You know, he's somebody that you, you, you would have fully expect um, outside this COVID season would have sought medical attention a lot sooner. So, you know, we're, we're, sadly enough, we're, I think every medical professional that's seeing patients, you know, has their example of that right now. People who uh, would have sought medical attention sooner if, they, if, if it wasn't for this season. Yeah. You know, and that's also been in the lay press. You guys are probably aware of that about how there's a report from nine major uh, cardiovascular centers in the United States all pooled their data for the month of March when they saw that there was 40% less admissions with the diagnosis of a heart attack. Right. Uh, you know, their, their STEMI volume, which is, a, you know, one of the most urgent and life-threatening scenarios uh, where somebody's coming in basically with an active dying heart, um, th- those volumes were down 40%. And we know that it's not that there's 40% less heart attacks. It's just those, there's a lot of people that were just doing, you know, suffering that at home. Yeah. Well, listen, um, I can tell everybody who's listening now, my listeners, um, Brian is a great surgeon and his uh, co-worker, uh, Dr. Francis Wood, I mean, I, I send them patients and I'm very confident. And you know those commercials about the golfers, these guys are good. Yeah. So let me tell you, Francis Wood and Brian Bolton are at the top of their profession and I just am really glad that we work together. You guys are going to do one of my patients. I, I can't mention his name because he didn't give me permission, but he came to see me the other day, and, and he had seen um, the team and is going to have his TAVR procedure next week. And I have mm-hmm. the full faith and confidence that it's going to go great. All right. Thank well, you, really gentlemen. appreciate your support, Dr. Weefald. And, and uh, you know, I know myself, Dr. Wood, 
uh, and I are really appreciative of the relationship and really value that at, uh, as we work together to, to take excellent care of, of these patients that, that uh, have entrusted their lives to us as a team. Well, listen, you got a weekend. I hope you have it off and go enjoy it. Thank you, Thank Dr. You. Bolden. I really appreciate the time on the show. And you oh, yeah. Have it's a great, weekend it's as well. great. It's just been great. I appreciate you being on. Dr. Brian Bolton on Heart Health Radio. Uh, we have an Apple podcast, and you'll hear Dr. Bolton on that uh, by the end of the day if you want to go, or, or WPTF.com, then click podcast. Yep. Good to have him on the show. Coming up, we're going to have our shame segment. Um, they, they've jumped on Fauci. They've jumped on him. Well, I knew they For, were going to turn on him. They're good. They've turned Because yep. he's not adhering to their narrative. And is this 1968 all over again? Details on that coming up on Heart Health Radio. Evelyn Champagne King, our uh, our singer for the shame segment. And who are we shaming uh, today, Doctor? Uh, Bill Maher. I guess that should pronounce his name. Yeah, Mar. Mar. Um, what a jerk. I mean, you know the the. the, the <laughs> The liberal narrative has been, we got to stay home, we're all going to die yeah. until November 6th, and then we can go back to work. <laughs> and, that, you know, that's the election. And so, you know, Fauci, um, he's a great guy. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's, he's done a lot for us. Um, like all of us, he's been wrong. In January and February, he said, basically, this is not going to be a big deal. And then in March, he said, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. We're going to have millions dead. Shut the whole country down. And then in April, he said, we can't open up too early. And then he said, we can open up. And the thing now he's saying is that we may not have this second wave. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. And he also said something that was anathema to the Democrats. Yeah. um, Which was, um, if we don't open up, we could have massive health consequences that – that look worse than the coronavirus did. So, bing, I knew it was going to happen. The alarms went off, and now Bill Maher is saying, don't lionize Fauci. He's hooked up with Trump. Um, and the answer was, yeah, he was hooked up with Trump. He followed, Trump followed his recommendations. So, it's shameful. Yeah. Okay? You love a guy when he fits your narrative of political political politicalization yep. of the covid crisis and as soon as he steps out of line and says there's going to be worse health uh situations if we continue to shut down right they pillory him and so the bottom line is fauci's a great guy he hasn't been right all the time when he's right he's helped us and now that he may be quote unquote changing his tune he's adapting to new knowledge and new information, and he should not be pilloried. We've got Larry in Raleigh who's calling in. Thank you very much, Larry. How you doing? Hey, Larry. I'm doing real well. Welcome to Heart Health Radio. Go ahead. Um, I was cutting grass last week and heard y'all talk about um, sleeping and something in your nose that goes up and down. Yeah, the, the new treatment for sleep apnea. Uh, well, I don't have sleep apnea, uh-huh. but when I sleep, I'll wake up, and if I'm lying on my back, I can hear this little thing, sounds like a little flap, uh-huh. and I breathe. Uh-huh. It, have you had a sleep study? Uh, about 10 years ago. Okay, it's time for another one. 
And let me tell you why. Um, waking up hearing that sound, um, that is the sound of tissue in the back of your throat. Um, the uvula, which is that little little dumbbell hanging down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that, if it's flapping and you hear it, it means that there's too much tissue in the back of your throat. Are you tired during the day? Do you feel like you want to fall asleep? Uh, well, I have a leaky heart valve and all these other problems. Yeah, but don't ascribe everything to your heart. Um, and the number one reason why is I'm not saying you do have sleep apnea, but if you do, it'll make that heart valve worse because without the appropriate oxygen levels and breathing, your brain and your heart won't recover. And that's what sleep is all about. It's all about recharging your body, getting all the poisons out of your tissues. And in order to do that, you have to be in this deep, deep sleep where you're paralyzed except for breathing. And that's what sleep apnea is. The tissues are too big. And that flapping noise and that noise, which I used to do. I had sleep apnea. I had surgery for it. Um, And so, you know, talk to your doctor. They do these sleep studies at home now, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. They have a machine that is tiny. They hook up your finger to oxygen. They hook up your chest to these little electrodes, and they can tell if you have sleep apnea, and you're sleeping in your own bed. I found a lot of resistances. Not only they don't want to wear a mask, but they don't want to go sleep in this strange place called a sleep lab. Yeah. So, and then, you know, what what we've got now is this device that fits in your mouth, and it senses when you're not getting enough air down your throat, and it thrusts your jaw, your lower jaw, open a little bit. Uh And believe it or not, that opens up the tissue in most people. And you can avoid wearing a mask, which is tough for people to wear. I wore one. I didn't mind so much, but I know a lot of people can't, can't stand it. I got a question for Larry. Do you ever wake up having seemingly heard a sound that was like a big squawk? Um, no. No? There's the owl outside, but... Yeah, no, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Larry. My wife tells me, when I don't wear my mask, that I stop breathing and she hears this. Now, I got to do the quick impression. <laughs> And what that is, is my body basically waking up and yeah. telling me to breathe. And what you do is stage four, stage three sleep is when you're paralyzed. You have yeah. to be paralyzed because your muscles can't be producing the energy and poisons. And you have to breathe through your nose because your jaw is paralyzed. So your body wakes up and you don't get that deep sleep. Larry, thank you for calling. Uh, uh, talk to your doctor. I will. All right, right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thank you. This is Heart Health Radio, and uh, this is the Heart Health Radio Network. In the WPTF News Center, I'm Tony Bixby, the Durham County Sheriff, among a number of local law enforcement officials who are condemning the actions of officers involved in George Floyd's death in Minnesota. I'm outraged, uh, and obviously, as a law enforcement professional, I am embarrassed. Burkhead told WRAL-TV the action of the officers was embarrassing. A chlorine leak at an auto shop on East Whitaker Mill Road forced several businesses in Raleigh to evacuate Friday afternoon. Fire Department Division Chief Kevin Coppage telling CBS 17. Had one firefighter that had uh, some irritants in the throat and then we had two uh, of the administrative staff from Mayview that did get transported by Wake EMS. At least 26,764 North Carolinians have now tested positive for coronavirus. The death toll now standing at 908. 
The latest numbers on hospitalization indicate 680 are still in the hospital. CBS News Update. Violence breaks out in several cities, including Minneapolis, over the killing of George Floyd. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz says demonstrations will continue. There will be peaceful protests that were, pre- that were previously scheduled. They will be large, as anticipated. And today will be an expression of that grief, of the loss of George Floyd. Floyd died after a white police officer pressed his knee to Floyd's neck for over eight minutes. CBS's Kami McCormick reports the military is on alert. The Pentagon has ordered the Army to put military police units on alert to head to Minneapolis on short notice if the president calls for it. CBS News has learned these units are on a return to base within 30 minutes notice, which is the last alert stage before an order. Some businesses in Minneapolis were destroyed despite owners trying to protect them from protesters. CBS News Update. I'm Allison Keyes. Here's your exclusive WPTF AccuWeather forecast. We'll see a mix of clouds and sun for today. A cold front moving through could mean a shower or thunderstorm in a few spots. It will be humid, high 84, partly cloudy down to 63 tonight. Second half of the weekend looks really nice tomorrow. Partly sunny, lower humidity, high 77, or sunshine Monday, high 75. And we're partly sunny Tuesday, up to 82. Warmer and more humid Wednesday, partly sunny, high 89. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Degger on the Triangle Severe Weather Station, WPTF. Storm season is here. When the power goes out, let the Volt Doctors keep you out of the dark with a Fortress standby generator. With that generator, the Volt Doctors throw in a free whole house surge protector, promises a quality installation, and warranties up to $75,000. See how you can save $750 on a Fortress standby generator from Volt Doctors. Call the doctor, the Volt Doctor. 919 5984 Is your retirement plan on set it and forget it? It's time you take control. Tune in Saturdays at 3 for Financial Safari with America's Wealth Coach, Pete DeRuta. Coach Pete can help you get the most out of your retirement. Every Saturday afternoon at 3, right here on WPTF. Is something chewing on the roots of your plants? Did those bulbs just disappear? Sounds like vole damage. Voles are small mouse-like rodents that live underground and feed on roots. Voles are hard to control. Trapping or baiting voles can be dangerous. The best control for voles are methods of exclusion that won't allow voles near the roots. The Permatil vole block barrier is the only exclusion method that can be installed during planting or around existing plants that are suffering from voles. Permatil vole block is a porous granular expanded slate product that improves root growth while keeping voles out. Vole block is approved for organic gardening so you know it's safe. Use the Permatil vole block barrier around individual plants or protect entire garden beds with one easy application. Follow the installation guidelines for 100% protection. Permatil Volblock is a North Carolina product that is utilized by fine institutions like Plant Delights Nursery and the J.C. Ralston Arboretum. Learn more about Volblock Barrier at volblock.com or permatil.com or give them a call at 877-PERMATIL. Hi, this is Dave Alexander. This weekend on Making Your Home Great, Saturday at 2, Michael and Sue Pale from Closet Factory talking about building your dream closet. Joel Worsham from Comfort First Heating and Cooling will talk about residential generators. And Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier will be in studio with me. Hey, call us up later today, 2 o'clock, Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF.
I've noticed a bad taste in my mouth, and my gums are so sensitive. Yeah, I've noticed blood in the sink after you brush. I think it's time to call North Raleigh Periodontics. I know that now is not a good time for us, but North Raleigh Periodontics has a financial membership plan, and you'll also get a free Sonicare toothbrush for enrolling. We should contact Dr. Singletary and North Raleigh Periodontics today. NorthRaleighPerio.com. Start smiling again. Here we come, walk down the street, we get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys, and people say we monkey around. You're listening to Heart Health Radio, where you can get better, stay healthy, spot medical misinformation, and occasionally just laugh at a story that is sometimes funny, sometimes awkward. In India, a troop of monkeys attacked a medical official. Now, that's not good. but And snatched away blood samples of patients who had tested positive for the novel coronavirus. That's a bad thing. They escaped the lab with the material they uh, they left they left and they've not been caught they broke the law they broke the and they weren't ma- wearing masks they weren't wearing masks and you know this this is a good thing because monkeys are a big part of our research you know they they're testing the virus on a type of monkey called a macaque have you yeah. ever heard of that yeah 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 and guess what what they're immune are they really yeah, good they good. gave them the human virus and, I mean, vaccine. Yeah. And then tw- two weeks later, snuffed them with the, uh, with the actual virus and an aerosol, sort of yeah. sprayed it up their nose, and they didn't get sick. And macaques get the illness. They get the same illness the same way we do. So is it possible that this is not going to spread among the other monkeys? I hope not. I mean, well, all right. Yeah. I, this is, the world is so weird right now. Yeah. You've tagged it as 1968. Uh-huh. Why? Well, I grew up in 68. I was 10 years old. Uh-huh. And it was, or nine years old. It was a horrible time for America. Vietnam War, um, we had uh, all sorts of assassinations. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King, right. RFK, Robert F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. It was riots in the streets. Los Angeles, Watts burned down. I lived in D.C. Half of D.C. was burning. And so, you know, I, I got up this morning and I'm watching what happened in Minnesota. And... I'm thinking about how this is the same thing. And and we also had the space program. I don't know. There's a great, great documentary about 1968. All these assassinations, you know, Vietnam War, everybody's mad. And you know what happened in Christmas 68? Hmm. First time we orbited the moon. And on Christmas Eve, Frank Borman and Jim Lovell, I can't remember the third astronaut, read from Genesis, as the earth rose over the moon landscape. Right. And so today at 3 o'clock, I urge you all to watch. If they And don't call it a failure if they don't launch. There's bad weather down there. Mm-hmm. But I think we're getting back on our feet again in terms of the space program. But one thing they don't mention mm-hmm. in these documentaries was there was a horrible flu epidemic, pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was H3N2, the avian flu. We had a vaccine for it. It didn't cover it completely. 50 million Americans got it. And you know how many died? No. 100,000. And there wasn't this shutdown of the country. Now, I'm not saying that we should not have shut down. We had to because we would have had a million people die, I think. 
But 100,000 people died that year of right. the flu. Right. I don't remember it. And I used to watch Uncle Walter Cronkite every night with my dad. There was never a mention of these people dying of the flu. Never a mention of how bad it was. And, you know, they had no ventilators. The, they didn't have, you know, um, uh, intensive care unit full of flu patients. They just died. Yeah. So this is a lot like 1968. And we're going to get through this. We got through it. The best years are still ahead of us. And um, I think that uh, we should be proud to be Americans no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you want to? I want to take Lee's yeah. call. Lee from Chapel Hill is a uh, regular customer here. How you doing, Lee? Okay, Trader Dave, Dr. Weevo. How are you? Good to <laughs> hear from you? you again. I, I got some I think needs to be cleared up. I've been hearing doctor's reports lately. Yeah. I said uh, only uh, people that are healthy should not wear the mask. Yeah, there was something from the WHO saying that if you are healthy and if you are not treating caring for some, somebody, right, caring for somebody, yeah. then there's no reason okay, to so wear a mask. This is another reason why I think the WHO are basically off the rockers. Mm-hmm. They're off the rocker. Let me tell you, the mask, unless it's an N95, now that's a special kind of mask. You used to be able to get them at Walmart because it was painting. You know, you'd paint mm-hmm. or you'd have dust flying everywhere. N95 means 95% of microscopic particles are absorbed and not uh, breathed in. A friend of mine works in a cafeteria and she has her mask on for about six or seven hours yeah. Yeah. a day. And that's her shift. And she says she gets, after a couple hours, she gets dizzy. And that could be from breathing in her own exhale. Yeah, the CO2, carbon dioxide, there are some people who have actually collapsed running, mm-hmm. wearing a COVID, and a mask, a, an N95. And I feel the same way now that Donna Martinez feels. She's fed up with Roy Cooper and Mandy Cohen, and I feel exactly the same way. I don't want to hear anything again from Rory Cooper, the idiot, or Manny Cohen. Yeah. Idiot number two. I've had enough with both of them. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, and this is the thing. The regular masks that we have are not to protect you from them. It's to protect them from you. And so the guidelines are, you know, Biden didn't need to wear a mask when he was at that memorial. Yeah. Because um, he had practiced six-foot uh, distancing. Sure. So remember, the recommendations are to wear a mask to protect them from you when you can't do six-foot distancing all the time, like in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. So I'll carry my mask, and I'll walk. And nobody's around me, and I'll put it on in the grocery store. Right. Um, so, I mean, the WHO now, though, are, are being idiots because they're saying if you're caring for a COVID patient, wear a mask. But if you wear that simple mask, it doesn't protect you from them. So what they should have said is that if you're going to take care of somebody with uh, COVID, you've got to get an N95 mask. Right. And that the masks that they're recommending now in public are not for outside when you're six-foot distancing. Mm-hmm. They're from when you can't six-foot distance to add that extra measure of protecting them from you. We had a mayor in a United States city pass out masks because – People are rioting. Yeah. And guess what? 
they're not act, actually socially distancing. Well, they're not only not socially distancing, they're not getting arrested. I mean, you know, this is the same mayor who said to churchgoers that if you go to church, and yeah. even if you're wearing a mask, I'm going to haul you down to the pokey. And here are these people rampaging in the streets. Right. I mean, what's the excuse? George was murdered, okay? Yeah. Absolutely horrible thing. Mm-hmm. He was murdered. But does that mean you go into Target and empty the shelves? Did you see that video of that lady in a wheelchair? Yeah. There's a lady in a wheelchair in the in the entrance to Target trying to keep these people from coming in and robbing. Wow. They beat her about the head. They took a fire extinguisher and doused her with it. And and I'm sorry, there's that's not a reason. George was murdered. Now, let's talk about how George was murdered. George okay. Floyd opto- autopsy has been released. Yeah. And so he did not die of association. Now, I'm going to call out – I get a lot of hate mail saying I only call out liberals. But I'm going to call out these idiot conservatives, and they're from conservative uh, papers and uh-huh. newspapers and stuff – who are saying, oh, you can't blame the cop. He didn't die from asphyxiation. Well, it turns out that George Floyd had heart disease, um, not previously diagnosed, I don't think. And he had other medical conditions which made him susceptible to stress. So what did, what did that cop do? He put his knee mm. on Mr. Floyd's neck. And what that does is it compresses your trachea so you can't get air in. Uh, they, kept, they kept taunting him. You know, he kept saying, you know, Mr. Floyd kept saying, I can't breathe. And they said, well, you can talk. You must be able to breathe. There's a big difference. He was gasping. And so he was able to get words out, but he couldn't carry out a conversation. He was just trying to tell them right. they can't breathe. Now, not only does kneeling on somebody's neck hurt the trachea, but you're compressing the jugular vein and more mm-hmm. importantly, the carotid artery, mm-hmm. which feed blood to the brain. Now, most likely, and I'm just making a supposition is that when you're terrified of dying, the adrenaline surge, so that's the epinephrine from the adrenal glands to fight and flight phenomenon, that's going to cause a heart attack. It ruptures the plaque and the plaque inside the blood vessel, it clots it, and you can have arrhythmias and die. They could not resuscitate them. It was awful. So I can't figure out how they didn't arrest those cops right away. I mean, what was that all about? I understand. I understand. It was just terrible. That was murder. And so even if you – I mean, suppose you come at somebody with a club and you don't even hit them, but you say, I'm going to kill you, and the guy drops out of a heart attack. You have murdered that individual. Right. Because because he would not have died if it weren't for the adrenaline surge from fear. Right. The uh, topics for the next (laughs) – Next segment include the WeFold Medical Directive. The WeFold Medical Directive. Some people are seeing the the genius in that. Also, uh, there there's a cytokine storm with thunderstorms and and high winds. No, that's not a cytokine cytokine well, storm. Is something sort of to, like that? Sort of I mean, like you know, that in the body. In your body, clouds form of these cytokines, and then the lightning. <laughs> Is is no. the immune cells going haywire? Well, that's good, and and destroying your tissues. And we're also going to talk to Herb in Raleigh. This is Heart Health Radio, where you get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. Well, you know you make me wanna kick my heels up and down. 
Every now and then you just got to give people a shout out Absolutely. on the radio. Yeah. Dr. Franklin Weefald, Heart Health Radio, who's on our shout well, out. You know, we control. had Dr. Bolton on and yeah. we talked about his uh, uh, partner, Dr. Francis Wood. But, you know, and I hate to quote Hillary Clinton, but Clinton, but it takes a village to fix a heart. And by that I mean you've got anesthesiologists, you've got anesthesiology techs, you've got these amazing people, the cath lab techs, and I, of course I work with them. And you know they're they're organizing things and getting things together. There are people who are at the desk, at the computers, monitoring, and you know it's probably twenty people. Twenty. What did he say? Twenty, twenty-five people. And so shout out to the entire team at Wake Med Heart and Vascular in the surgery part, in the cardiac cath part, in the ICU, in the step-down units. I mean, these people are healthcare heroes, mm-hmm. and it takes a village of them to do it. I want to shout out Doug Hurley and Bob Benkin. You have no idea who they are. Tell me. They are the astronauts who are going to blast off yeah. in just a couple hours I on the SpaceX. everyone to yeah. watch. This is this is a, and, uh, they are. I heard after the shuttle disaster, somebody say about astronauts. You know something? They are so much better than we are. Absolutely. What they, they are so much braver than did, did most you, of us. Did you ever see that movie, The Right Stuff? Yeah, great movie. And so uh, the guy who broke the the sound barrier, what was his name? Chuck Yeager. Yeah. And so Chuck Yeager and his buddies made fun of the astronauts because they weren't real pilots. They called mm-hmm. them spam in a can. And so, um, I don't know if you remember Gus Grissom. He, mm-hmm. he was drowning and everybody was making fun of him. And, and they said, one of the uh, other guys said, I don't want to, uh, be in a, a capsule when they put a monkey in there first, you know? Right. And, and, uh, um, Jaeger said, wait a minute. Okay. The difference between the monkey and Gus Grissom yeah. is that Gus Grissom knows it could all blow up. Yep. And that's brave, bravery. Right. And they're doing something to advance the cause of technology and science and, and human exploration. Herb from Raleigh, thank you very much, first of all, for waiting. I appreciate your phone call on Heart Health Radio. What's going on, Herb? Well, I was going to tell you, y'all, I, this is a great program today. Thank, thank you. learning so much. Thank you, Dave, and thank you, Dr. Winhall. And then the... Um, the other man that was on, let me see, I had written his name down. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Bolton. Bolton. Brian Dr. Bolton. Bolton. Yeah. And also we'll say hi to Jason. He answered the phone. But anyway, you explained something last week that yeah. I used this weekend at work. I was cutting grass. And I got real hot and I came in and put two cans on my neck. Yeah. It cooled me right off, made everything. Would you sp- explain the difference between what is it, hypothermia and hypothermia? Do you mind yeah. doing that? So it's, a lot it's, of people that are listening today yeah. that wants to hear this. But yeah. it, let me just say, this is the best program on WTTF. Whoa. Thank oh, you. Thank you. It, yeah. it, Rick Martinez I, is going to be really mad. I look mad. forward to yeah. listening to this. Well, I appreciate it. Well, let me tell you what happens. Hyper, H-Y-P-E-R, it, it, it's, it's Greek. Okay, so hypersonic. Uh, that means too much of something. And so when you get overheated – and that temperature rises, you're hyper, H-Y-P-E-R, thermic. And that generally happens above 102 degrees. And it's not hard to get that high if you are in the sun mm-hmm. and, and, and not being covered up. Sweat is to cool you off. It's the evaporation that carries the energy off your body. Right. And that's why you sweat. But it's never enough 
if you're really, really out there in the heat. And so what the can does, the cold can, it's basically a refrigerator. It's putting your blood through a refrigerator Mm -hmm. because right below the skin is that carotid artery and the jugular vein. There's blood flowing through there like mad. Mm -hmm. And so the blood actually is up against the can separated only by a thin layer of skin. So you can cool that blood down quickly. Now, if you're out there and you have a little old lady or a nice little old man who has hyperthermia and they're collapsed, go find a can. Go find some ice. Put it on their neck. The other place you can put it is in the the femoral region because the femoral artery is close. Sometimes people have a little extra tissue there, aka fat. So the neck is the way to go. You're pointing to the femoral region. It's the thigh. You can save a life by doing that. But also, you can do more. Yeah. I mean, my dog is a Newfoundland. He's 180 pounds. Yeah. You know how I cool him off? I Mm. put it right on his carotid artery. I carry a can in um, a little cooler. And when he's huffing and puffing and slowing down, you know, he's got a lot of hair there, but I can find the spot. He cools off in a couple minutes and he's back chasing a ball. Same thing for humans. Now, hypothermia is actually a treatment. So if you have a heart attack and you recover from your heart attack CPR, they practice hypothermia. They cool your body down to 93 degrees, believe it or not. And the reason is when the brain has lacked oxygen and that suddenly gets it back, it can actually destroy your brain because it gets all these tissues are are getting in touch with these poisons that mm-hmm. are circulating in the body and your brain starts to rot. So you can cool the body down that way. And in fact, there's a really expensive medical device yeah. that you fit around someone's neck and plug it in yeah. and regulate it to cool the carotid artery blood down. All you really got to do is put a can, two cans on the neck, right. ice on the thigh and a rectal thermometer. And you can do that until it gets down to 93 degrees. Thank you for the visual. Absolutely. I, Bless you. My finger was up in the air. <laughs> Herb, <laughs> anything else for the doctor today? Uh, no, sir. I just want to tell Dr. Weepaw, I called you before because Macon Singletary yeah. was on the program with you. He's, He's a great guy. We raised sailboats together. And you ended your program that day with the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Will you do that today? I will. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Herb. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. we. You know, that may be in the history of radio the first time anybody ever has requested the Lord's Prayer on a talk show. I bet right? that's not true. You don't think that's true? Yeah. I mean, it's a great thing. Um, hey, play the, the re- Lord's Prayer right after, Absolutely. I don't know, the music or something. Well, right? You know, there is a song. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the, I remember the that. You want to play that? Can we get that? No, I don't think we can get that oh, before the end of well, the show. a lot better than, than me. Well, first of all, it's probably a three-minute song, and we've got about three and a half. Okay. Well, that's fine. All right. All right. Now, the We Fall Medical Directive. <laughs> Is what? Well, you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but Rick Martinez made a comment about it, that I had a, um, a one-minute spiel about playing, letting your kids play in the dirt. Right. And here, what's the reason why? Oh, there's germs are in the dirt. There are germs all over the place. And the only time you really want to be very careful about getting a germ is when there's a novel one that can kill you. So yeah. like the novel COVID. Then we put the masks on, we wash, we put the N95 masks on, we self-isolate. Right. But guess what? Hmm. They found, you heard of this, a lot of people are asymptomatic. Now they're finding out why. They had 
immunity to the COVID from an infection of a different coronavirus. And how do they prove that? There are something called T cells. They're killer cells. And they had them already to kill the coronavirus. So play in the dirt, get exposed to as many organisms as possible, and you get a stronger immune system. And now they're discovering this has helped literally hundreds of thousands of people prevent them from getting a bad COVID. The cytokine storm is a bad thing. It's related to the COVID. I know enough about it to say that it is when your immune system goes nuts. And all these chemicals to recruit other immune cells go flying off into your bloodstream. And you wind up getting fluid in your lungs, fluid in your brain. It's not a good thing. Got about a minute left in the radio show. Well, you know, I love the Lord's Prayer um, because I think it is simple. And it it is what we as Christians try to do every day in our lives. So we'll go ahead with it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Stay safe, everybody. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation every Saturday by listening to Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.